0: You're fine. Okay. So, we all deserve love and support. To be surrounded by people who care, uh, but so many of us struggle to maintain good relationships in our life. So today
1: family friends relationships like romantic relationships
0: today we're gonna to be talking about relationships specifically family relationships mm-hmm. why they matter and how you can have better ones in your life yes um but first off welcome back everyone to the podcast welcome yes. back to the show if you are just now joining us i'm barrett and i'm holly and together we we're are optimus, optimus labs and, and we, we want to arm you with knowledge to live, live your... a better life
1: yes live your best life
0: um I don't think it's housekeeping? there is a, housekeeping I'm, I don't have um, any real notes this week um outside of this episode is coming to you late of late of late
1: it's late it's my fault I have been I have been sick my voice has been out like it seems like one thing after another when it was a when it was a record day like I had no voice uh and yeah. I and if you hear me coughing or hear my voice sound like like a, a couple year smoker I
0: am not I promise <laughs> I'm I'm just uh one thing that has changed and one thing that we are trying out um is we are not taking answers or questions from chat yeah um this is being recorded live every tuesday and thursday over at twitch.tv slash octomouse labs yes um but we are not taking questions from the chat um if you want a question answered on the podcast if you want a specific question answered you have to tweet it to us or tag us in an instagram story yes and we'll pull from those at the end. We actually, I think we have one or two um, come in this episode. Yeah. But without further ado, yeah. uh, family, family relationships. Mm-hmm. Family relationships. What does a healthy family relationship look like? Oh, why don't you, why don't you start with this? I think the the so... The first thing that came to mind, I I, I started with just basic block questions when I started writing these notes, right? Mm -hmm. Started with basic block (laughs) questions, and the first thing that came to my mind was just supportive. I think that's the absolute key when you look at healthy relationships in in your life in general is, are they supportive? That's the first thing you really have to recognize. Are they supportive? Um, Do they take your thoughts into consideration? Um, Do they respect you? And... The biggest thing is do you feel like you have an open line of communication that's a really
1: that's a really good one and be able to someone that you're able to talk to no matter what and put away put it put aside what put aside the i guess if if you have like a fight like the anger of the situation and really talk about it and how you feel and then how they feel take it all into consideration
0: and that's Yep. take it, like the consideration, and then- um, I, I, I like that you said take a fight because, um, and that's another thing that an came argument, up in yeah. my research is that mm-hmm. arguing is, is super normal. Oh yeah, Disagreements definitely. between people and are a like, very, very normal yeah, thing. Yeah, and
1: that's in all relationships. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I mean, you you see that in you know friendships, you'll see that in family relationships, and you'll see that in romantic relationships. And as on this... Facebook, because everybody <laughs> Facebook. Wants, everybody
1: has different opinions on Facebook, and they make it known.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. But arguing is is completely normal. Um, the, the big thing is, is it a respectful disagreement? That's yeah. that's one of the big like indicators when you when you look at is your relationship with your family a healthy and productive one? Is it? when when you do have a disagreement it is is it a respectful disagreement you make your points back and forth and then make up normally
1: yeah or even if you do go overboard with everything and i know how everybody gets hot-headed sometimes and it can be yeah and and seriously like maybe go overboard with the argument and not listening to the other person and it's just just back and forth back and forth but actually taking a second to calm down and actually going back at it not back at the argument, but just going um, going back to the disagreement and really talking about it. And first off, I feel like apologizing on both sides. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for anybody that might have handled
0: it poorly. The the making up bit of it, I think, is more important than the argument bit of it, though. Right? The ability to, to in the end, see eye to eye. Oh, yeah. Um, If not about the subject, but at least, you know... Together, yeah, be, be able to to work out the kinks that the argument would have caused. Oh,
1: definitely, because that's, that's something that we always work on. Because I mean, you're gonna have arguments, like if you're in mm-hmm. any sort of a family, friends, romantic relationship, there's gonna be arguments. It's always. It's, I feel like it's always. probably not gonna be a healthy relationship if there's no arguments.
0: No, no, because you're glossing over things.
1: Yeah, you just right. like. Disagreement
0: yeah. is normal, and making your opinions known is normal feeling secure to do that is a sign of a healthy relationship if you don't argue it's a fa- it's a sign that you are not feeling secure enough to make your side or your opinions or your thoughts or emotions known.
1: yeah but it's completely different than
0: uh, just agreeing with someone on a situation too though so i mean agreeing too much though is also unhealthy yeah just bending over on uh on the different differing opinions yeah right? glossing over them um and some other things so um, mm-hmm. other things to recognize healthy uh, relationships um, and it, it, this will be talked about a lot later is um, different attachments mm-hmm. um, from the attachment theory um, oh
1: yeah I did a lot of research on that today and I thought that was very interesting yeah
0: yeah the attachment theory was really really neat um most most of the forms of attachment in there are relatively unhealthy. Um, with the exception of one I really recognize, which is called secure attachment.
1: Yes. And that's... It, yeah, well, children, we'll get into it in just a second. Or do you want to get in into it right now?
0: In short, children who have been uh, in basically raised with a secure attachment, mm-hmm. um, studies show are feel more secure to uh, venture out and independently explore the world. So... You know that it goes into how the relationships with the family is formed, right? Exactly. Yes. Um, it. It. You know, the the way you're brought up as a child mm-hmm. on massively, massively impacts how you live the rest of your life you know the the types of attachments that you end up forming and the way you emotionally connect with other people it all goes back to the initial relationships you form with your parents or the people that that end up raising you
1: yeah you're your primary caregiver Mm -hmm. Uh, if you as a child never had a primary uh, caregiver that um, you've had a secure attachment with there are parts of you when you grow up that you can't. It's um, like milestones and steps that you don't reach yeah. um, to be able to feel secure. To I don't know how to explain it
0: exactly. Form just form healthy attachments to people later in life, right? Yeah, just it's it's there's so many things. So. and we're
1: I know we're gonna talk in this of like okay if you didn't have a secure attachment. Um, as a, a child, what what can I do to fix that?
0: You know, I mean what it what it really looks like though is Growing up with these secure attachments growing up with these strong relationships um, Allows you to develop a strong sense of self mm-hmm. um, You're able to recognize that yes You do have a dependency on some of the other people around you, mm-hmm. but you have your own opinions You have your own identity you have your own self um, which then allows you to be more independent later in life, right? Yes. It, it allows you to be healthily independent, mm-hmm. um, and and that's another big one is healthy independence versus unhealthy independence. Yes. Because one of the forms of attachment that you end up, you could end up growing up to to express is a type of just disattachment. Yes. A a forced independence. Uh, you feel that you need to be independent. You feel like you need a cold shoulder other relationships. Yeah. Um. So with all that, what is an unhealthy family relationship? And it's, it's funny, because I actually have a lot more notes on the unhealthy yes. than I do on the healthy. It's, um, God, why do you think that is? I, just before I go in, why do you think that?
1: Because there's so many things that God. can be unhealthy, and even there are good things that I, I feel like there's healthy is right in the middle and it can either go from lack of healthy things or even too much healthy things.
0: Extremes on either end, Extremes right? Extremes on either
1: end. I feel like that's why there's so much because you have both sides of this and that's just an like interesting a, a point. middle ground of healthy.
0: The middle ground is harder to maintain. That's, it. that's an interesting oh, yeah. point. I would speculate that... It takes work. It takes a lot of work. I would speculate that Healthy just has such a wide range of acceptable yeah that You know, there's there's a couple bullet points that need to be met. Are you being respected? Are you being listened to are you being encouraged to be Mm self-independent, right? You know, are you forming the right kinds of attachments yada yada yada? But with those being met the rest of the range is wide open. Yeah, Whereas when it comes to unhealthy, there's a lot more that can be ticking off those boxes, right? Yeah. Is it a little unhealthy? Is it a little toxic? Or is it a little um, overbearing, maybe? Because mm-hmm. or you even know,
1: to the extremes as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: and then you know you tick off enough of them, and the relationship can really turn into a truly toxic thing in your life. Yes, I, I like that.
1: Okay, so what are
0: unhealthy the... relationships. What are what are the tick boxes the for unhealthy family relationships,
1: relationships
0: look like? Anxious, preoccupied attachment. Okay. Anxious, preoccupied attachment is kind of uh, a need to be attached. Okay. Instead of a trusting, loving relationship, they need to complete this person. They, they Their safety is is only with this person. Yes. Um and you see it a lot with overbearing parents, people that have too much okay. of a relationship. Um, and that that also can and that that'll go into something I talk about later, can go into something um for um either narcissism, yeah. Um, or codependency. Mm-hmm. Um where A lot of your safety and security, a lot of your value, um, is completing another person. Yeah. You don't have the sense of self that you end up developing in the secure attachment. You end up, your sense of self becomes you with another person. And the relationship there. And that's, uh, that's one I've actually seen a lot in life. That's, um... I've 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 seen that several times in in friendships and uh, some of my past relationships. That's um a lot more common than I think people realize. And I think, I I don't have a, a, a proof on this, but I would speculate it it comes from overbearing parents, people that are 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 quick to, you know, pick up angry kids and pacify things and brush over the bats. Honestly. Yeah.
1: So. Nicely enough, like none of these. I'm, I'm reading some of the things, and I know you said that you just you you've you've um, experienced yeah. Oh, yeah. a lot of these. Oh, yeah. And a weird thing is is really I don't remember anything in my childhood that was any of these extremes.
0: That's great. That's honestly that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and it, it's weird because every single it's just it's just showing just how every single family um relationship is going to be different from people to people.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's that's what I meant earlier is that mm-hmm. healthy has a wide range.
1: Definitely. But
0: I feel like unhealthy is just a series of check boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, do they do this? Check okay next. Yeah. You know, you check off enough of them and that's really how you rate how toxic that relationship is for you. Yeah,
1: and if it's a relationship that you um, that you can either work on or something that yeah. you may not need in your life at yeah. all.
0: Yeah, and that's a, that's a tough talk that we'll, we'll yes. talk about later. Is at what point should you cut it out? Right. Yes. Um, disrespectful, obviously. Yeah. Um, picking fights over little things, manipulation. Those are those are big no nos.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Are, and depending on where in that spectrum it really falls, you can work out some of that. Some of it you can't.
1: Yeah, open communication with all of those things is I feel like a big thing that needs to happen if you even start. Open
0: communication is a must. And I feel like that's going to be a huge one in all relationships. The thing of it is though, it takes two to fix or, or more than two to it takes all parties involved. That's a better way to put all it. It parties takes involved, all yes. parties involved in the relationship to fix and maintain a relationship. So If if your family, we're just speaking specifically on family relationships. If your family is manipulating you, making you feel bad for, say, pursuing something that you want out of life, trying to push you in a direction, shaping you to what they want to be, and they don't see anything wrong with that, then you're not going to be (laughs) able to to fix it. You're not going to be able to fix that. Yes. If if they don't see something wrong with it and they don't want to change it, then you acknowledging that it's messed up is isn't gonna change anything. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. So, um, codependency. That's a that's a that's a big one. Okay. And um, that's a big one, and that's one that you can see. um uh, that's a, that's a very very unhealthy thing in relationships. Um, when that anxious preoccupied attachment right when that when that type of my identity is based off of someone else based off of my relationship with someone else turns into two things um can either turn into narcissism or can turn into the codependent which it takes two i've learned takes two to have a codependent relationship if you have one healthy party and one codependent the codependent can solely work out of that mindset. But the codependent has a habit, uh, whether they mean to or not, of ending up with a narcissist. And that's when you that relationship feels completed on either side. They feel like they're meant for each other because of the type of attachment they have, right? Um, that, the way they were raised And that type of attachment that was set in early in life starts reflecting in all of their relationships later in life. Um, So I have my note here and I just wanna read the direct quote. Uh, The codependency dance requires two opposite but distinctly balanced partners, the pleaser, the fixer or the codependent and the controller or the narcissist. Um, Codependents sacrifice their needs to please their controller, to please their narcissist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um and the most prominent example I could ever think of when I read that I immediately thought of my grandparents okay you I mean I don't know how much you saw their relationship but
1: I, I I saw a bit of their relationship it was a little I know it was a little downhill as as I saw it as they were getting older and everything and
0: um that's always how it was um uh, my grandfather was a very overbearing very controlling person. Um, and my grandmother was expected to do a certain set of things. You have to be home at a certain time. You have to cook me dinner. You have to get me this. You have to do this. Uh, it, it, and it was it was a pushed necessity. And then instead of standing up for herself, she, thought, she saw it as a labor of love that her doing these things completed their relationship. So she would. So she would bend over backwards and put her health at risk to take care of him. And that was the back and forth. It was horribly toxic. He was horribly, horribly toxic for her. But because of the type of conditioning she had with, again, that, that, that anxious attachment, right? The fact that she saw her value as the person that takes care of this guy. And he saw his value as the boss. It formed this toxic relationship that they wouldn't pull away from no matter how many times it was brought up, right? Um, and it wasn't something that they even saw as something that was particularly wrong. It was only when you looked at it from an outside perspective that you really saw just how toxic it was as it was taking a, a, a load on both of them, right? Um, so some things that, you know, some some big things on codependence is um, they tend to find narcissists very appealing, Um It's an attraction to the dominance. Um, And I mean, that can even be the dominant parent, parent figure in your life, right? You have someone that tells you what you can, you know, what you wear and picks out your clothes for you and makes all your food for you and all of these things, even though, you know, you're at whatever stage in life you're in, right? That allowing that to happen, that attraction to that power, that dominance, will continue to build that relationship later in life and will shape your relationships later in life too um,
1: are that, you are you more likely if that's um, the relationship you've had with your your um, parents is that something that you're gonna you might look for in an actual relationship without yeah. knowing it
0: yeah absolutely um, because again as you grow up it it really <laughs> shapes what type of attachments you form. And that's that's a, a huge basis of that the whole attachments that we're talking about, right? Is if you grow up with a healthy attachment to your parents, uh, with a strong sense of self, but realizing that you are dependent on them at that age, uh, and then realizing when you're not as dependent on them, and they healthily transition you off of their dependence, it builds a confidence to be self-sufficient without... Um, to be self-sufficient without having to need someone else's input constantly whereas when your parents are overbearing and when they do everything for you in that case um, when they really control a lot of these aspects of your life and you grow up in that sort of environment then the relationships you end up forming are overbearing are controlling because that's that's what's normal. That's what you grew up in. That's what that's what a relationship is, right? That's what you grew up thinking is okay. It's it's hard to break out of that mentality.
1: Yeah, and I know you're talking a lot on this because you have personal experience and you've mm-hmm. uh, you've been around it. Like I said, like this is this is all. Like, when I was reading, it's all yeah,
0: very it's interesting, it's interesting I, and new to me. I I've I've personally seen and by proxy experienced. Um, you know, two sides of that. I, I recognize that anxious attachment, right? In the relationship my grandparents had, but in my own parents, um, this was something I was gonna talk about later, but um, I actually was, uh, I grew up very, very close to the dismissive avoidant attachment. Um, I was overforced to be very self-sufficient. Everything I did, everything for myself—that was expected. Mm-hmm. I made my food. I took care of my laundry. I got a job. I paid my side. I do. I was expected to do everything for myself. I didn't view that ever as a bad thing. I didn't do that ever as a bad thing until I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, when I when I look at, you know, when you read it and these people tend, you know, the people that grow up in that tend to. Um, tend to seek isolation. Um, They feel very comfortable alone. They don't form a lot of relationships. They have this very pseudo independent feeling right Mm -hmm. it's 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 this draw to independence i am independent i don't need anyone else
1: and i can say these are definitely conversations that we've had as parents uh, raising our five-year-old that you were so used to that and for a while i mean you thought that that was the way that it happened yeah more or less and i was the one who yeah my family always helped each other out and uh were but we, we still let each we, we, they my parents still let us learn and do stuff ourselves and go away and and everything like that. So it's yeah. it's um, a middle ground that we're that we it work is on it, finding it's, it's a balancing
0: like, act. It absolutely yeah, is like every day
1: about how because we have we have completely different ways that we were raised and our parents uh, treated situations and we because we we yeah. have to find a good middle ground that yeah it's we feel like is healthy for our child
0: yeah yeah exactly um no and and yeah no i mean and that that's that's how i grew up and that's um you know a a lot of that has shaped the way i formed relationships in life is you know i i'll make a friend and then go for three weeks without even saying hi and that's like that's totally fine. That's normal. We're doing our own thing. It's like no, that's that's not that's normal. That's normally actually. not normal. That's
1: something you're still working on as well.
0: Yeah, that's that's something that I I you know have to recognize and keep a consistent you know thought on is that okay? Well, I can't treat everyone with this sort of you do your own thing.
1: Yeah, and for different reasons, I've 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 been like that too, and it's kind of I, I can tell that before I was very uh i had like just a lot of friends in in school and stuff and it, it probably depleted some as i left school right uh, but uh it was more i i am more now with with like depression anxiety it, it's it's harder to keep up with friendships and yeah and yeah. things like that
0: so um uh, let's see uh I don't, I didn't, I don't actually have a segue from, from no, where that was into good. this, but um, the next thing I wanted to really talk about, and it, it goes from the theory of triangles. It's, it's such a silly theory, but um, in short, there are uh, it's supposed to be three factors or three points to a relationship. There's there's millions of triangles that make up every every relationship between your relationship with two people, relationship with three people. Two, three people can be the three points of the triangle, but it doesn't just have to be the people themselves. It could be outward expression versus inward expression.
1: Okay, you have me slightly confused. So. Because I know this is one that you you researched on. So in
0: short, the theory of triangles is that... Um, three points are made up in a relationship, right? And it could be person A, person B, or person C, or it could be three points between person A and person B, even. Um, and it's a way to... what? What's the right word? It's kind of measure uh, and watch the balance and um, the symmetry, I guess, of a relationship. Um, and so, in, in short, you you see sides changing as the stress um or tension on a relationship changes right so if two sides bond really strongly there's one point that will end up being kind of the outsider of it um and again that might be even your inner emotional dialogue of it might be the outsider and as that tension kind of increases, as that balance is pushed, um, the 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 two sides that are close end up being closer, and that one side drifts further and further off. And I mean, you'll see it. You know, take example um, a new a new child in a relationship, right? Okay. Where the mother and the child get so close and the father feels distanced from it. And as that tension grows, instead of expressing and healthily repairing that, you see the drift. Oh, yes. The drift. And that can really... And what I'm I'm saying, though, is that could also be the way you express to each other, the way you're physically with each other, and then your internal dialogue with each other. If you're not healthily expressing what you're thinking, you're only outwardly expressing certain things and physically expressing certain things, that inner dialogue will end up running rampant. It'll end up going off. And that itself can destabilize the relationship. Okay. So it's it's important when you, I guess, look at your relationship, look at all factors of it, look at all the sides, you know, think about the triangle and think about how symmetrical you're kind of keeping it. That's 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 really good. It, it I mean, yeah, it's really interesting. Um Yeah, and and it, it just continues to say at the highest point of tension, the outsider point breaks off. Um and you know, that can be the rest of the family, you know, the rest of the people in the family, um person A that you might have an issue with, person B that's supporting person A, and then you. And the fact that they're supporting and you're not able to repair the distance there if that continues to create tension, your point will eventually break off. Yeah. And that's how you get, you know, families that don't talk. Yes. Relationships that become irrep- uh, irreparable.
1: Yeah. Do you feel like there's such thing as a relationship becomes irreparable? After
0: Maybe. a certain point, yeah. Absolutely. There's a... There's relationships that are so incredibly toxic to be in, that it makes more sense to be out of it, to cut it, than it does to try to repair it. It's... Because it takes, again, it takes all parties involved to maintain a healthy relationship. And if two of those parties don't want to, you know, maintain the relationship with party three, then party three will drift off.
1: I I mean, I truthfully feel different about this. I'm not, I I, I did not uh, research this theory of triangles, but I feel like even if it might be a certain point in the relationship to drift apart, but if two people or three people or whatever actively working and want to work on it, I feel like there's always a chance.
0: That's personally. That's if again. That's if all parties want to work on it.
1: Yeah, if, that is. Again, yeah. it
0: takes all parties mm-hmm. to work on the relationship. Yes. If all parties aren't willing to work on it and willing to make the compromises, then it won't ever change. Uh, 100%. And that's something that you have to recognize. You know, if you recognize a lot of these unhealthy factors in your family's relationship, you have to you have to also recognize: Are they even going to work on this? If you bring this up, is is something going to change? Can you actually work this through? Because if there's a stubborn refusal for change, it's not going to change. Yes. Plain and simple. Um, and it's it's interesting because you said it earlier, and I I I like I like this this next little group. Okay. You said earlier the too much good. Yes. The too much good and. There are a myriad of stresses that too much good can cause too. The the seeking the perfect family, the the this photo perfect yes, and nuclear I did, family. I
1: did research on that. So what do you have? Okay. So I basically looked up what a nuclear family, and I'm going to uh, put what I found from the internet. I'm just gonna read it out loud. Says According to the Oxford English Dictionary, the term dates back to 1925 and actually originates from nucleus, which is originally Latin and means core. A nuclear family is a family where father, mother, and their child live in one household. They flock together uh, like objects around the nucleus. So a nuclear family, that's what it comes from. So I was just like, oh, wow. So it basically consists of a mother, father, a child, two child, two children, um, and they're all in one household. So I was just like, okay. Let me just look up family on Google Images. The okay. The word family. Okay. 90, I'll say about 90 to 95% of all of the images I saw were this perfect family, a mom, a dad, a... Uh, a child or multiple children um just smiling all happy I was just like yeah that's what the internet's that's what that's, that's what the, well, the def-
0: more than just the internet that's what that's people what, think that's what society has is is a family is
1: a family and i i was just wow I was like that's so true that's the if if I think of what is the perfect family, and I'm doing like little quotations with my fingers right now, what does the perfect family look like? That's kind of what I think because I've been, ever since, ever since. Get some, get this some was uncanny
0: valley vibes from that almost. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's, it's so perfect, it's almost disturbing. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Because... <sighs> and the the thing of it is, when you try to push for this when you try to push too hard for that perfect look, that photo perfect family that, that cast it in, in, in freaking plaster and put it in a museum family, yes. right? It causes a lot of issues. It, it can break up a family and there's actually um, four common ways that it does break up a family.
1: Okay, you wanna go into those?
0: Love to. Um, so the spouse's relationship with each other fails. Um, that's a very very common one High expectations of each Too high expectations Unrealistic I expe- think that's going to be the key here Unrealistic expectations of each other Either to be parents or to be a spouse Or to fulfill some need there, Causes that relationship to drift Um, Which I mean can cause stronger relationships with children And again then we see back to the whole it, it all, It's all interconnected here you see back into the triangle theory where then the two points become closer and that one point that felt isolated slowly drifts off. Yes. Leads into a lot of divorces.
1: So even though technically, okay, we are a mother and father and we have a child, we all live in one household. Mm-hmm. We are technically the, the, we technically, I guess, look like the, the, the nuclear family. And I, I feel like we're the kind of the definition of it but then I think about it as like, do I feel like I'm that perfect family on on Google? I'm just like, oh heck no, no, oh no, and no. I'm just like, I, I can see how people strive for that because it looks so perfect, and it's they feel like it's so perfect. And there's not, I don't feel like there's well, such I think, thing as a I think perfect family. There,
0: well, I, I think moreover, it, it's not just the the mother, father, child in a household together. It goes into the it goes it goes a lot further than that. It goes to the father has a 9 to 5, mother cleans the house, children go to school and then come home and play outside in their white picket fence yard. Yes. It's it goes past just what is the structure of the household mm-hmm. and more what is the whole dynamic of the yes. household. And when you that that is an entirely unrealistic expectation for a lot of us. A lot of us don't want that. Yeah. Some of us do and some people find that for each other and that's perfect and those people are, you know, great together. But a lot of us don't have that and don't strive for that. And when there's this pressure from one of the spouses to kind of make that, whether that be the father's idea of <laughs> I work this 9 to 5, I expect to come home to my house clean and you know my children taking care of and you have this this overbearing expectation it can cause the mother in that scenario to break off yes um and then they grow separate because of a differing expectations there or it could be vice versa Mm -hmm. i clean so much what the hell are you doing yeah um another way and it, it goes again into the marital side of it is one of the spouses crumbles under the pressure
1: yeah, of, of trying to achieve...
0: This perfection. This perfection right?
1: that's pretty much... I don't, I don't know if it's... In, in, in,
0: in, obtainable. Option, in option A, both people's expectations of each other are being unmet, so they drift. But in option B, one person's expectations are just so incred- incredibly overbearing mm-hmm. that it crumbles the other person. Yeah. It's, it's the person that works the 9 to 5 and gets... Pissed every day. Why isn't my house clean? Why didn't you do this? This is never enough. On and on and on, and they keep piling these expectations until their partner crumbles under the pressure. Yes, and I mean that's how you you see people with you know severe depression in these relationships because I mean not only are their needs not being met, but their needs are being entirely ignored and they're being pressured into this. They're they're being shoehorned into this ideal of perfection that they don't even want um, the spouses scar their children by trying to force perfection oh my gosh I that is I've an known, incredibly common one and I've seen that so much where and, we are and
1: yeah I've definitely seen it where we are and I, I mean it's a big thing in school as you're going through school your parents want you to get perfect grades and
0: dress Perfect, a certain this. way and be on a certain team and have certain friends and Yes, it
1: can happen in, in so many when things you're, where when they... you're
0: when you're not getting it, you know, when you're not allowed to develop your own sense of self. Yes. And you're being forced into this mold, instead of you know, instead of the spouse crumbling from being in the mold, the child crumbles. Yes. Um and that that one's a very very common one. You end up with children with extreme, you know, long-term issues because of this unhealthy expectation put on them. Yes. So I mean, long story short, it, it's not just you know the 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 spouses in the relationship that end up you know with 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 issues in this in this perfect ideal family model but the children can be long-term scarred from this absolutely long-term scarred yes uh, and massively impact their identity their sense of self
1: yeah and i feel like as if this is if this is a uh, a thing that is that that does happen the child may be even too young to explain to their parents the correct way How to like, hey, this is what you're doing to me. This is what it feels like. This is so it's I feel like that's a very common, common thing just because with a a spouse and a spouse, we have a uh, I feel like we have a little bit more age and um, just a little bit more, I guess, common sense or just knowledge about how to work on this, that that a relationship is a two way road. And the child, yeah, in some cases. Uh, and and a child, I feel like this happens so much more because a child is not able to to understand that and understand how to manage and deal with that,
0: right? They only know what they're being exposed to, yeah. And then
1: that's when they maybe lash out and retaliate. And
0: And they may not, you may not even necessarily realize that what you're being exposed to is that toxic for you. Uh, All you feel is the pressure But it it happens a lot at the high school level Yes Where you're being pressured to get into a good school And you're being pressured to keep up good grades And keep out of trouble with the different people And and, be on
1: this team And be too great And be pressured just to do so much
0: Yeah Um, And I think the other thing is just sometimes the unwillingness of the parents to hear what they're doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. You
0: know, the The I know
1: know the right way and
0: I know the right way and and not taking into account that even at that age, they are still a person and that pressure is still toxic to them. So I have a question for you. What do you think about this? Is there such thing as just enough pressure? on
1: on a child well i think that there's a you know is there a healthy level of pressure
0: yeah yeah because i you know we talked about it earlier with the dismissive avoidant type of attachment yes um where if you don't have any of the pressure and your your only guidance from your parents is i don't know figure it out yes then you drift and your other relationships become distant and it ends up forming that kind of toxic disattachment to people yeah where you are so independent it's unhealthy yes you're not able to recognize dependence on anyone but being steered in the right direction while still being allowed to give a strong sense of self um allows you to form realistic dependence on other people allows you to put your relationships with other people into perspective right um you know what I mean? Yes. And you know that's that's a, that's a that's a you know big big thing of it is allowing enough space for the child to develop an identity mm-hmm. and letting that identity flourish.
1: Yeah, and I, I talked to my parents. I felt like I had a I've had a very healthy family relationship, and my parents were always able to talk and talk to me, and I felt comfortable talking to them, and we really worked things out. But Um, an interesting thing that I want to bring up for these parents, the you parents out there is that, I don't know if this is true or not. My parents were a little bit more strict with me. I I was the first child than the rest of my siblings, but they say that it was because I was like a different to deal with like each, each child has is, is 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 different to parent
0: oh yeah absolutely basically so well, I was a little bit different more, right yeah, it, i mean it, it, every it, identity it, yes. is different every sense of self is different but I, I
1: thought that was really interesting that it was just like my parents were like oh yeah you can't drink until you're 21 and um and then like my sister is like able to drink at the house like earlier like with around my parents of course right. uh before 21 because i was i guess i had more of a Oh, if you give me a, a little room, then if you give me an inch, I'll take a mile. Right. Pretty much type of thing. So right. I, I thought that was a very interesting thing that there are different ways to parent mm-hmm. children differently. Absolutely. Because a child needs more and maybe some cases that you see and in some cases that you don't.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But also you have to look at kind of how they... Allowed that to foster a little bit, mm-hmm, right? Exactly. You you were always the, give me an inch, I take a mile. So I was. They let you go out with your friends and you sail till 3 a.m. and they were like, okay, as long as you're oh, safe yeah. and healthy and happy, instead of trying to shove that down and mm-hmm. trying to force you into this box and put this mold around you again, yeah. they allowed you to express the different sides of your personality, of yourself, in just a healthier way. Yeah, and I, I feel
1: like one thing you need to realize as a child if you're in the high school level that parents don't know it all and they're learning oh, just yeah. as much as you are. Oh, they're yeah. learning how to parent there. They're going through your situations and trying to help you through them just as much as you're going through new situations. So um, they're learning to be parents as as more children or just learning to be parent as yeah as they are and they yeah. don't
0: make all of the right choices
1: they mess up too
0: yeah all the time i mean everyone's people right we're all yeah. people all people make mistakes exactly um but the the last part of it and returning to the the family model the unrealistic expectations yeah, here yeah. um is just that everyone becomes distant yeah um and what it is, is everyone feels the pressure of feeling perfect. So everyone keeps their emotions to themselves. Everyone self-isolates in their own little way. Yes. And no one can be genuine with each other. And I that that causes some extreme toxicity in life. That that's a that's an incredibly toxic one. It's it's glossing over the problem entirely. It's in order to deal with people, you have to put on this face and your true self needs to be put away. You have to be this way, right? Yes. Forcing yourself by proxy through, through, you know, the way you grow up and through the things you see and through the people around you, you know, through your environment, um, forcing yourself to to be this cookie, co- cookie cutter kid, right? This, perfect copy-paste of what a good person should be um, is, you know, it's in, it's incredibly toxic, and these people end up learning to, to suppress emotions, to not um, really emotionally connect with people. Not truly. You know, might get married later in life, but never... Unless they grow past that, never really get past, never able to to really open up to people.
1: And, and the thing is, you can grow past that. There Absolutely. are there are ways. Uh, let me find in the well. You notes. have to you have to
0: recognize first that that is that a, is an a issue that you have thing, that right? issue. You you have to see that that is a a, a toxic influence in your life that the way you're acting is toxic or or your environment is toxic before you can start making changes yes and that might you know the first thing is that might be a change of environment
1: it could be it could be a change of
0: environment if you, if you if you're never exposed to how things could be then you don't know anything's wrong either. yes that's so that's a big thing you know when when everyone around you is the same, you know you don't know that there's anything wrong with that see that a lot in uh you know certain kinds of schools and certain social circles
1: so if you have um if you have figured out that oh uh this is this is this is a problem and i never i never was able to uh learn these as a kid and i always i was in a toxic relationships with my family Mm -hmm. and it's carrying on later life how would you fix that Uh, one of the things that I looked up is, um, first just mindfulness, uh, is a big one. Uh, practice being aware of how you interact in relationships and determine what you would like to improve in that. And then another thing, which of course is a cognitive behavioral therapist, therapist that is trained and licensed. In that, if it's really bad, and it's something that you really, really want to work on...
0: I think therapy is a, a big one there, in, in honestly. therapy, I
1: feel like therapy is such a taboo thing for people that are just like, oh... Not I, so
0: much anymore. Not so much anymore. Not so much, it much anymore. It used to be,
1: but it's some for people that are like, oh, I have to go see a therapist. Yeah. And it's like, it, 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 in the past, it has been a um, thing that people look down on you if you have to go see a therapist. like, oh, that's not working, and you're not
0: you're broken in some way you're broken
1: in some way and that's 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 not it at all it's you're learning and you want to learn more and you want to live your best life you're taking a step up and really doing something about it taking
0: control of your mental health is what it is we are not
1: doctors we're not trained professionals but we will always say if there's any problems that you have and that you're really concerned about you gotta go see a trained professional exactly
0: and i mean as as our generation moves up as the older generation falls off it becomes a lot more acceptable society changes and that's something that you know us and even the generation before us and you know our kids and the kids kids it'll slowly get better over time but but also i feel like it can possibly get worse because
1: as everything changes i feel like the different different strains in families and just different things that you were not, um, I guess you were not around, can change. If that makes any sense, I feel like as society changes, the different, um, I guess it, the different cookie cutter like perfect family changes as well. I feel like it, it's you're going to be facing yeah, more yeah, 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 and more and more. I get what you in mean. And different things as society changes as well.
0: Yeah. But I, I'm I'm saying specifically in the terms of of therapy is concerned, it's becoming less taboo.
1: Oh, hundred percent. As time
0: goes on, hundred It's becoming more acceptable and to to talk about mental illness and to talk about your situations in specific. Um, but I, I like that you know a therapist is is put on there because I think that's a it's a really big one. Is when when you grew up in when you grow up in one of these incredibly toxic family structures, um, whether that be way overbearing or entirely dismissive. Fixing the myriad of issues that can come from that is not something that everyone can do on their own, right? Breaking out of the habits that you develop as a, you know, lifelong at that point is not something that you can easily break out of um so if you recognize that you have this pattern of self-destructive behavior you have this pattern of self-sabotaging behavior um you recognize where it's from sometimes the next logical step is to go talk to a therapist someone who's trained to help you work out of these routines someone who's trained to help you break out of these continuing patterns
1: yes uh there was a quote from a uh, a book that i was listening to and i i can't think of the exact quote but it was it was about paraphrasing uh, uh let's see it is um it um uh, one second I'm, I'm i'm not trying to think of the quote i'm trying to think of the best way to paraphrase it because it was just so perfect and dead on it was about basically when you're a child you cannot control who who's taking care of you who your family are uh who your family is and how they act it's it later in life not making that bring you down but doing something about it yeah if that yeah
0: I like that. Yeah, I mean, you, you it's can't. It's what change. you do about it. Yeah, you can't change the circumstances you grew up in. Yes, but, but it's you what can... you do about those situations. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, recognizing recognizing that you had one or more of these, you know, destructive situations growing up; these toxic situations um, is or really you can kind even of have everyone
1: that you can think of. You can still be happy.
0: Yeah. There are oh, ways absolutely. that you can
1: work through it and professionals and books and so much that you can do to really really work on it because you can be happy and you deserve to be happy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um So Okay. God that's 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 got off on such a tangent there. Yeah. I don't know I don't know where to pick back up in now.
1: <laughs> so what if you are what if you are a child and you are still with your parents, you can't leave the situation. Um,
0: and what would you do about it if you see God, it really depends on what part of development you're in, right? It depends on how old you are and where in your life you're at.
1: Well, I, I, I don't know if middle schoolers would be listening to this podcast. More of probably sure. high, school, high school, college, college age. Yeah, sure. you're around your parents. They might be narcissistic or show some, of these, um, show some of these things. What can you do about it if you do not have a well, choice? Well, I mean,
0: you know, first thing, like I said, is, I mean, you actually have to recognize that, you know, there are these you know, toxic signs in this relationship. Um, Identify exactly what is toxic. Identify what is freaking toxic. And I think really the next step is, are these people wanting to fix this? I mean, you know your family, right? You know the people in your space, you know how they've, at least at this point, you know, that college high school age, You've been around long enough with your family long enough, had enough conversations to know how they're going to react. Are they going to be receptive of your thoughts and opinions if you bring these things up to them?
1: I think it also takes communication because they, you might think how they may act, but they could be like, oh, really? Well,
0: yeah, but again, it's going to take all parties involved it to fix the relationship.
1: But it's always good to at least open, have an open communication on your side and let them know, yeah. hey, I would like to talk about this, being just as mature a- as you can about it. Hey, I- I've been possibly seeing this. I would love to talk about it if you're willing to talk about it with me.
0: I mean, the key to fixing any relationship is just open communication. Yes. It- it's... Open communication and willingness to compromise.
1: And I feel like that is a huge thing in our relationship, personally, that has... Communication. Communication. Just communication, sharing thoughts and feelings, even going to even even sounding like 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 a kindergartner this is how you make me feel when you say this yeah
0: Yeah, sometimes that's what you need to do sometimes
1: this you're like oh i didn't mean to make you feel that way yeah but this is how you made me feel when you said this and then on the other side we just had this earlier today i was just like you this is how you make me feel when when you said this or this was a tone of voice that i felt like you were yeah. Were, we're talking to me you're like this is not this is not what I was trying to do but this is how you made me feel when you re- when you when you retaliated back like it was just a little argument yeah, exactly yeah
0: but being willing and able to openly communicate first off back and forth and then listen listen and listen and then be willing to compromise be willing to make changes even if the changes, Ken, listen, listen, all, all, all of you high schoolers out there that, that, that think you're fucking right. Even if the changes don't make you 100% happy with the situation. Exactly, yeah. If it is a middle ground that all parties will agree to, that is better than where you are. Little steps. Little steps. Little steps. 100% if you could start with something small and work your way up to something bigger, then do that. Yes. If they will be receptive for one or two things, then work on those one or two things first. Yes. 100%. But if you are going to you know, hold firm and not give an inch on your side, then then you're part of the problem in the toxic relationship.
1: Exactly
0: we talked about putting people in 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 molds right the molds don't have to be cookie cutter perfect if your expectation of your parents is this perfect certain thing, right?
1: all-knowing all-being or or yeah. just
0: whatever your expectation is though right it doesn't have to be perfect all-knowing but if exactly. your expectation is you know maybe they leave you alone about a certain thing and that's just not who they are as people you are then trying to put them into a mold. Yes. The molds go all directions, and if you're not willing to listen to their side and not willing to compromise from what they think and feel, then you're part of the problem in the toxic relationship.
1: Yeah, and I feel like if if one side of, of the person is not willing to, you are more likely to stop and not willing to either. And yeah. it, it starts creating yeah. this thing yeah. that won't.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yes, two walls. Absolutely Passionate each other Um
1: I know we we were looking at our notes right now We went yeah, all over We jumped around the like crazy have, we've,
0: I've gone entirely off the script at this point Oh uh, well, <laughs> like, well We're
1: still going on the script We're touching on everything This is Yeah If anytime if you want any of our notes Um from any of the podcasts Just ask us We'd send them We have all of the links where we got Uh everything yeah, from on yeah. there Yeah So we are able use to read more sources, All yes. of that good
0: stuff But um no, it's um, uh, it's it's interesting though when you really think about it that, you know, this uh, this the stress that causes from you know being put into a box, it it goes into the parents too, right? Mm-hmm. It goes, um, it it can go backwards. What the children's expectation of their parent is too, exactly. can put pressure on their parents. Yes. Um, which is, I mean, that's it's kind of interesting when you really think about it in reverse, right? We I always like- think about our parents' pressure on us, but not ever the reverse of that
1: exactly i feel like all relationships if we're talking family friends uh romantic are can be tiring and there's so much work yeah and and it's not not to not trying to like, persuade anyone to not be in relationships because there's so much work it's that we as human beings need relationships
0: and that's another thing though is that a part of a healthy relationship is having a space to get away from it oh yes Um, Having a space where you will be left alone and the other people that are part of that relationship knowing and being okay to leave you alone. Privacy and independence are... Just as important as the dependent side of mm-hmm. the relationship.
1: And us uh, working working together in the same house, living together in the same house, and not really getting a chance to get away that we, we have to come up with more creative things like, oh, I'm just gonna go outside to this, for a while, yeah. I'm gonna go or outside go to the for a while, I'm gonna go to the store, I'm just gonna drive around for a while. Yeah. That that's it, there's nothing wrong with that. You're <laughs> you're taking a break. For a second to breathe, to just be your own self too, and yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, in short, no relationship is unsalvageable if all parties want to work on it. Yeah. Uh, Open communication, willingness to listen, and willingness to make compromises will work through it. Yes. Um. As long as all parties are willing to do that. Understanding that
1: there's something wrong as well, and willing to admit
0: that
1: there is something wrong. Absolutely. Or something that
0: they need to work on. Um so how would you fix some of the the long term issues that can come from growing up in a in a bad relationship, right? Something like codependency.
1: Okay, explain a little bit.
0: Well, you grew up with an overbearing parent and you later in life recognized through a pattern of your own relationships that you are becoming a codependent, or per- you are a codependent person. <coughs> How would you go about fixing that? Um,
1: <coughs> One second. <coughs> uh, I would say realizing it is part of the, the process and doing something about it is another part. And there are so many things you can do about it. Uh, The cognitive behavioral behavioral therapy um, and also also just working at working small goals for yourself. What are what 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 am I doing? What do I feel like I am doing wrong? And what can I do finding the gap, the gap that we've talked about? Yeah. What there is to fix that as well. Yeah. So there's, I feel like there's several different ways and, um,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. Recognizing the pattern of behavior first, mm-hmm. right? Seeing where, you know, by the time you recognize that you have that issue, start plotting, okay, this, you know, be mindful and recognize the pattern of behavior that is leading to this issue, right? What exactly are you doing? Where exactly are you folding in the sake of a codependent, right? Where in your life are you making these compromises? Where in the, where in your life are you bending over backwards consistently on, uh, that is causing you issues that it's causing your relationship to be one-sided and unhealthy. Um, and with that, you know, when when you can when you can recognize the pattern of behavior and then really think about what you want, you know, then yeah, you can identify the gap. Yeah, and it's 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 you know, goal setting doesn't have to just be you know where you want to be in life, but it can be where you want to be in a relationship, where you want to be in anywhere. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. And when when you do recognize, <laughs> that was so that was a weird cadence. When you recognize, um, I'm sorry the the. When you're able to recognize where the problems lie and, and what exactly is the difference between where you are, where you want to be, you can make a list of of, of steps to start, um, to start solving that, to start closing that. And I mean, maybe step one in that is talking to a behavioral therapist. Yes, absolutely. Or a
1: therapist, you
0: know, or a, a lot of these, you know, things like codependence, um, codependency, or um, or narcissism isn't something that we can easily fix ourselves Um,
1: but I feel like you have a huge upper hand on it if you realize that this is something that I may be doing Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Or, yes. You know, admitting you have a problem is the first step to fixing it, right? Yes,
1: it is. And people say that and you're like, "Oh yeah, whatever." But it's really no, it's, true. It's absolutely
0: true. When you're when you recognize that there's a problem, then you're able to start in the process of fixing it. Yes. But sometimes the first step in the process of fixing it is just talking to someone who's trained to fix it.
1: Exactly. Well, it's not trained to fix it. It's it's trained to to walk you through and see where it might have come from and work on that lack of uh the lack of I don't know how to explain it. Where where basically where it came from and work on through that how to fix it.
0: Yeah. Um so is there anything else in the notes that we haven't gone over in the at least on the, the fam the family side of things?
1: Uh, I think.
0: I think we've basically covered most of it, right? Yeah,
1: I think we have. I think so. Yeah, families. Families are hard work. Yeah, I guess any closing notes. Families are hard work, and
0: yeah, um, it takes. They all can be parties very rewarding
1: to... when you, when everyone works uh, mm-hmm. with it, and if everybody's willing to put a foot forward and working all work on. Being the best they can for everyone else in the situation—that uh, you got it. Got it good.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Just, just recognizing that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> being able to, uh, you know, being being able to recognize patterns of good behavior, patterns of bad behavior, and uh, you know, recognizing what your expectations of others are and how that affects the other people in your family. I think is, is a massive, you know, a massive thing in, in, in keeping the, the family unit um, healthy, right? It's um, a huge, 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 huge bit of it is is just managing expectations of each other. All people are people and being able to, you know, healthily express your sense of self, not putting each other in these molds and forcing each other to go through these different hoops. Yeah. Um, Because you
1: can't force anyone to do anything that I don't want to. Um,
0: So I think uh, the only question I really, really see that um, was tweeted over to us, and I'll I'll check Instagram in just a second, um, was what does happiness feel like? What is it supposed to feel like?
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's a doozy.
0: Yeah. I I saw that, and my only response on Twitter was like, (laughs) Oh God, that's a good question. That's a good question. That's Um, a good question. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. I feel like
1: it could be a different thing for everyone. I, I've not done
0: research on this or. To me, the first thing that comes to mind at least is fulfillment. I think a, a lot of it to me is happiness is fulfillment.
1: You, like, checking Instagram right now? Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to check Instagram. Um, give me one second. Make sure. But to me, a lot of it is happiness is fulfillment. Happiness is um, how you feel in your life, how fulfilling your life is as a whole, right? When you look at all the different factors, you know, you may not be happy individually with your job or with any... Small part of it, but as a whole, how do you feel about your life? And I think that's that's really what happiness is. Is is your life fulfilling to you? Does it check off all the boxes that you want?
1: Okay, I feel like that is definitely a way to look at it. I feel like it is something that is going to feel differently for every all, person. Every person, yeah. It, it, I feel like the. And I guess that's the more of the pursuit of happiness. And that's really like, how do you feel this happiness?
0: Right. Because I mean, I think everyone's pursuit of happiness looks is different.
1: different and feels different when they do achieve what they have been achieving. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: that's a, a really purpose, good question. Maybe. A sense of purpose, a sense of fulfillment, really. Again, I think it all just breaks down to do you feel fulfilled doing what you do in, in all aspects of your life? I think that's where true happiness comes. It's not what do you have? It's not who do you know? It's not where you've been. But when you get up, do you feel fulfilled waking up into your life? Okay. And I think if you do, that is true happiness. That that right there, I think, is is the true happiness. The pursuit of it, the the, the point A to point B may look different for every person. But, you know. If you're, if you feel satisfied when you wake up into your life, then I think you're a happy person.
1: Okay. So I just, I just looked it up real fast is what does happiness feel like on Google? And there's a really interesting article that basically says, happiness is not a feeling it is doing. So I, I, I really want to read through this and I'll send, th- I'll send this article to the person who asked. That's interesting. Uh, and anybody else that is, is curious, let me know and I'll, I'll send this article to you um uh happiness is action but healthy habits uh are not uh hedonic habit ha- habits the action of happiness recognizes uh in their 10 keys of happier living cool
0: so yep. i mean yeah if you if you're curious about this we'll link you the article mm. all you have to do is tweet at us yeah so uh, these,
1: these are let me just go through these real fast these are really interesting giving relating exercising appreciating trying out direction resilience emotion acceptance and meaning
0: i think the and meaning one's the big one i think that's being really a what, partisan, I'm, well, yeah, what i'm that, that what might i'm be really, yours, being something what i'm really being something bigger but maybe acceptance
1: yeah. being uh, that knowing that we have faults um and things can go wrong there's i feel like it's gonna be different for everyone emotion being positive about what you do that might be what it is yeah resilience bouncing back after something negative uh direction doing things towards a goal yeah uh yeah trying out just doing things but
0: yeah no i mean that's that's great and i think that's a a great way to a great note to end on um happiness happiness is self-defined Mm -hmm. happiness is self-defined the meaning changes per person um what it looks like in your life is is different for each person
1: yeah and i feel Um, like even in different sections of your life it may be different as well yeah different portions
0: um with that next episode will be coming out next tuesday um as long as all things go according to plan um Again, if you have any questions or want to know more about anything at all, uh, you could reach out to us at Octomouse on Twitter. um, And we will see you guys next week. Have a good one, everyone. Yeah, have a great one.